passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Bustin' Loose Baseball, hosted by Grant Paulson and Toby Altizer, gives you in-depth analytics and interviews on everything baseball in the nation's capital. Now, here's your host, Grant Paulson and Toby Altizer. This is Bustin' Loose Baseball, episode 63. I'm Grant Paulson, joined as always by my pal Toby Altizer. What's up, Tobe? Nothing much. It was good catching up with Jackson Rutledge, which you're going to hear in just a little bit. So it was cool to have a conversation with him. And obviously, the guys go into the Futures game. So a lot of good things happening in the minor league system. And then on top of that, the Nats are going to be adding either Paul Skeens or Dylan Cruz in a couple weeks. So pretty excited about the Nats minor league prospects right now. Yeah, you are not kidding. Let's start with the two guys who are going to the Futures game. James Wood, two for four with a run scored on Thursday night. That run came on a home run where he drove in a pair. Uh, James Wood going to show off the skills in Seattle as a top five prospect in all of baseball. This is going to be such a treat for Nationals fans to get to watch him on national TV, taking on some really elite pitching, some of the best arms in minor league baseball, and he's earned this. A 272 average and 909 OPS, despite spending the majority of his 68 games this year in the minors at A plus ball in Wilmington, one of the least hitter friendly circuits in the minor leagues. And at a 972 OPS with eight home runs, you wouldn't have known that the dimensions and the way that that ballpark plays are so unfriendly. But in 26 games since being called up to double A, he's got an 800 OPS. He's got five homers in his first 95 at bats. He's just 20 years old. You wouldn't know it by watching him, huh? 
Yeah, I mean, he looks like a guy that has a sky-high ceiling, and you know, we were at that first game that he homered for the first time in A. Took him a couple games to get accustomed to the new level, and then since then, been playing incredibly well once again. So I think it's just the sort of thing where he's just going to quickly go through it, slowly learn at each level, and then quickly explode onto the scene like he has now in A. So I'm excited for him. I mean, every time you see a highlight of his, you can't help but think that the ceiling is sky high. You can't hope but dream about him being a superstar for the Nationals going forward. And, I mean, we've talked about this trade plenty with the Soto trade, but if some of these guys can work out, you know, Hassel struggled a little bit, but I still have faith in him. Obviously, Gore and Abrams in the major leagues doing their thing, but James Wood looks like he might have the highest ceiling out of all of these guys, including a guy in Gore that I think could end up being an ace. So, it's been really cool to see him, and it's awesome that he's getting the recognition by going to the Futures game. No doubt about it. Uh, Brady House will be with him at the Futures game. You knew James Wood would be there. That was a no-brainer. I didn't know House would be there, so that's really exciting. Uh, he went three for four and scored twice, hit a home run himself, drove in two runs on Thursday night at Wilmington, uh, taking on um, uh, – who were they playing? Let's see. I'll have to look that up. But Wilmington um, – on Thursday night, and that means he's now 15 for 43, I believe it is. Uh, let me get these numbers, actually. Three for four. He's hitting 349 in A-plus ball now with the Blue Rocks. On the season for Brady House, he's hitting 310 with a 900 OPS going into the game, so it's now over 900, and I'm going to look up the exact number. So he is 15 for 42 at the plate in a plus ball since being promoted. He's on fire. He's seeing the ball. Well, he hit another ball to dead center. Now he's not hitting all these 400 foot homers like James Wood is, but a couple of the recent home runs for him to dead center field. It looks like he's getting hot at the right time to go do some damage at the futures game as well. I think this is a case of if he can stay healthy, then he's going to be a very good player. I don't know that you can put him on the same level as a James Wood of a guy that's going to possibly be a superstar, but I think he's going to be a really good player for this organization, and it's about health. I mean, the reason he dropped out of top 100 prospect rankings last year was some injury concerns and him struggling because of those injuries, and then he came back, and really since he's been able to stay in the lineup consistently, they've had to kind of take him out of the lineup every other day, you know, kind of monitor his playing time, but when he's been on the field, he's been productive for the most part. He had a little bit of a down stretch, but now he's doing well again as he got promoted to high A. So I think the thing for Brady House is just health. And if he can stay healthy, I have all the faith in the world that this guy can be an everyday third baseman for this organization and probably a pretty good one at that. He was the 11th pick two years ago at the All-Star break in 2021. So sub two years after he's drafted, He's almost now ready for double A. Now I was thinking about this, and, and you and I may have even been talking about this, but I was talking to someone about this this week. You look at, ahead to next year, 2024 for the Nationals. You're going to have the return of Cade Cavalli in the rotation coming back from Tommy John. Right? It looks like Mackenzie Gore is the real deal. He'll have no restrictions in terms of pitches and innings, and he'll be a veteran and hopefully healthy and, and maybe throw in like a front of the rotation starter. We've seen a big step forward for Josiah Gray. He'll be in the rotation next year. You're probably going to see the graduation of James Wood if you don't already see him debut this year, but he's going to be starting every day at some point for the Nationals next season. Uh, you're also going to see uh, a graduation maybe of uh, Jackson Rutledge later this year, but he'll be a fixture at the big league level. 
next year. Jake Bennett, who they drafted in the second round out of Oklahoma last year, probably going to be in the big leagues. Cole Henry will be in the big leagues next year. And I think if they draft Paul Skeens, he'll be in the big leagues starting in June or July. Uh, if they draft Dylan Cruz, he'd be in the big leagues probably later, but next year by the end of the season. Like, you know, we thought about this process, and it's not like we haven't been patient. Since 2020, this team stunk at the big league level, and you've had to wear it as a fan. But next year already, just next season, all the things I just talked about that are so exciting, right? Like the, the closest thing this team has to L.A. De La Cruz mania, James Wood getting called up, Cruz or Skeens getting called up, um, seeing Cavalli come back, Bennett going to debut. Like there's a lot of things that are closing in now on next year, and it's pretty exciting. Yeah, it's going to be an exciting year next year because you think about the fact that the way you've watched games this season, or at least the kind of the way I have, is when it's Gore or it's Gray on the mound, you're dialed in. You want to watch and see how they're doing, see how they're developing. And then if they're not on the mound, it's when's C.J. Abrams up to bat? When is Cabert Ruiz up to bat? When's Luis Garcia? Not to say I'm not watching the other guys. I'm still paying attention, but you perk up just a little bit to see how these young guys are doing. It's going to be a lot more fun when you've got guys all throughout the order, all throughout the rotation that you're really perked up to see, all right, how good is this guy going to be for this organization going forward? And again, you know, we talk about this Soto trade all the time, but some of these guys are going to be coming up to the major league level. And that's the reason you got that Brizzo did this deal. You know, it kind of accelerated this rebuild to the point, like you said, you know, if they don't do that deal, maybe we're still looking a couple years down the road. But there's excitement with James Wood, obviously, Gore and uh, Abrams at the major league level already. But I, I think the fact that next year could be a year that we're looking at a lot of prospects already coming to the major leagues and kind of evaluating on that aspect, I'm pretty excited about that because it for a while there, it seemed pretty dire. Like we might be stuck in this for quite some time, but now it looks like we're getting towards the end, or at least what we hope is the end. But the excitement of these prospects is definitely growing. A couple other minor league notes on the system really quick before we throw to our Jackson Rutledge interview. Another three hits and two runs for Jake Alou hitting leadoff at AAA Rochester on Thursday night. A 324 average for him now at AAA. He has been killing the ball. He had three hits, I think, in 13 at-bats when he got called up earlier this year. Didn't get to play a lot. That was probably difficult sitting on the bench and watching and sparsely getting used. But when they trade Jamer Candelario, and I think it is a when, not an if, uh, around the deadline, you'd imagine he'd be the guy in line to get called up to start at third base and get some at-bats. I don't think of him as a, a future fixture, everyday player on a first division Nats team, but I do think he can swing it a little bit. He's kind of a gamer and scrappy guy, and you're going to get the most out of him, everything he's got. I think he'll be a nice bench player for them when they're in the playoffs. Blake Rutherford went one for four on Thursday. His average fell to 400 in AAA. This is a former first-round pick, Toby, with the Yankees by way of the White Sox, who's actually been one of their best players in the minor leagues this year. If you look at the numbers, like James Woods got an OPS around 900 for the season or higher. Uh, so does Brady House. We mentioned both of those guys are going to the Futures game. The other guy in this system, though, that's that's up there offensively in terms of some power production and numbers like that is Blake Rutherford. 160 at-bats, 10 home runs, a 350 average, and a 1037 OPS in the minors for the Nats. He is 26, so he's not young. He's played at the high levels of the minors a lot. Uh, he's played in the, with Charlotte and AAA for multiple seasons in 21 and 22. So it's not surprising that he was killing the ball in double A, but man, I mean, he just keeps on raking. It's, it's becoming a thing here. 
Yeah, and these are the kind of guys that you might see later on in the year, whether they decide to try and move on from Corey Dickerson or Derek Hill doesn't pan out or if they were to move Lane Thomas or something like that. These are the kind of guys that you would expect to see called up. So, I mean, sometimes you have these picks, and I talked about it with Elijah Green on our last podcast. Sometimes you have these first-round picks that just don't really pan out with their first team and then find something with another team, not saying that Rutherford's going to turn into a superstar here and you know maybe turn into that first-rounder that the Yankees thought they would, but sometimes you just find something. So hopefully that's the case, and it's good that we're talking about this minor league in a positive sense for once because for a long time it was not the case. Yeah, good couple of days in the system. Trey Lipscomb, who is in the same double-A Harrisburg lineup as Robert Hasselbatt and leadoff and Tr- James Wood hitting third. Uh, Lipscomb's a guy maybe we haven't talked about a lot on the pod, just a little bit, but he's actually born originally in Frederick, Maryland, in the area. He was a third-round pick out of Tennessee last year. Uh, just this past summer, a year ago, he was the 84th pick in the draft. He's 23. I saw him a bunch at Fredericksburg uh, after the draft last year. I like the bat uh, a lot. Uh, he, problem is, I don't think there's a plus tool. I think he can hit a little bit. I think he can hit uh, for a little bit of power. Uh, he's played third base, and I think he will be good defensively, frankly. But it's seven home runs, seven steals right now, average about 270, OPS at 725. But I bring him up because since being promoted to double A, he's really handled himself well and is hitting 311 now in double A. So that's a really good sign for a guy who was a third round pick last year. Uh, otherwise, another two hits and a run scored for Jeremy De La Rosa, the right fielder, the cleanup batter in Wilmington's lineup behind Brady House. Uh, first month of the season, really, really brutal for him. But if you look at his production basically since. He got it going in May on. It's been a different season and, you know, really a second straight year where he looks like a legitimate prospect in this system. So it's just good to see that that they are getting production and some big time uh, performances from some of their specifically offensive players in the system these last few days.